The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Coming up on Life Today, Dr. David Jeremiah builds up our courage and prepares us for battle with the Spiritual Warfare Answer Book. He's a deceiver, he's a destroyer, and he will do anything he can to undercut the truth. Satan is a liar and he's, he's a murderer. And when you see lying and murdering going on rampantly like it is today, there's only one person behind it, and that's the enemy of our souls. blessed today. We have Dr. David Jeremiah with us, and we're going to talk about spiritual warfare. And I'm Betty, and this is James. Yeah, and uh, this is uh, this is the spiritual warfare answer book. It's a lot of Christians don't seem to realize we're in a spiritual battle. Above all the battles, the invisible world influences the visible more powerfully, profoundly, and effectively, and negatively in many ways than any force in the universe. And people seem to be a stranger to it. Dr. Jeremiah wrote a book, I love the title, The Spiritual Warfare Answer Book. And it is powerful. Dr. Jeremiah did a phenomenal job. The Spiritual Warfare Answer Book, indeed it is. Would you welcome Dr. David Jeremiah back to life today? Doc, I'm glad to see you. you. Now, I'm gonna tell you, you're looking at an evangelist that was pretty effective and definitely operated in the gifting of God. But I'm gonna tell you, I reached a point in my life that I was tormented in so many ways, really deceived and, and distracted by the enemy. And it was as though I just kind of laid it all on myself, as though there must be something very insignificantly wrong. You know, I was fatherless and had some problems as a kid, faced some challenges, and I could lay the blame, but, but I, came to, I came to find out that I was under assault. It's just like when Jesus said, Father, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. Everybody could say they knew exactly what they were doing. They spit on you, they crucified you, they spiked you, they speared you, mm -hmm. they hated you. But Jesus said they were under the control of another deceiving force and a father who's a murderer and the father of lies. In other words, this spiritual reality should not have been ignored by James Robinson. I was actually under the same kind of assault and deception I'm afraid many Christians are under today. Mm -hmm. and, and as a result, they're rendered ineffective in their witness and they just kind of live cowed down and defeated. And their testimony, their countenance testifies against them. Mm -hmm. Do you agree that you can actually see this reality yeah, among far too many people who actually have come to know the Lord, but they're defeated? And, and James, if, if uh, demonic uh, reality is just... Uh, a, a vision people have. My question is, what did Jesus cast out of people? <laughs> I mean, he cast demons out of people. You know, that was one of the things he did. And, and his disciples weren't able to do it because they didn't have enough faith. Jesus did it. He, he showed his power over, over Satan. And uh, I can promise you that, that there was no discussion during Jesus' time on this earth about the reality of demons. Um, they were certainly very evident in what's going on. Do you think Christians have kind of been taught to ignore them? And in fact, they well, shouldn't. I think the greatest tragedy, tragedy today in this whole realm is that, that Christians don't believe 
they, they've been told, and rightly so, that demons cannot possess a, a Christian. Christian. Of course, that's how But they don't understand mm -hmm. that demons can obsess a Christian right. and create great, mm -hmm. great. They difficult. can harass them, and All they right. can deceive them, and become a become a bitter spirit. They can they can lead people into a spirit of harlotry or a spirit of lust. I mean, those things can happen to people where right. those spirits are affecting them. Here's, here's, the, here's the problem we all have in the church. You know, there, I know some guys, and you do too, who see a demon behind every rock mm -hmm. and everything that's wrong in their life, they, they assign it to a demon. And some things aren't demons. They're sure. just wickedness on the part of the person and or disobedience. That's right. But to say that is not to discount the fact that Satan is alive and well, and he is doing his, his best work that he's ever done in this culture today. Here's an illustration. We talked about this earlier. People ask me all the time, what is your take on what's happening with all of these shootings and all of these killings and uh, policemen being shot and policemen shooting people? And I mean, there's one common thing and in all of this is that it's satanic. I, I don't mean that the people themselves are necessarily knowledgeably serving Satan, but Satan's behind it yeah. because he he's is the murderer. He's pulling the trigger. He's pulling the he button. He is the great murderer. Yeah. He has several strategies strategies that he uses, and here's the good news, he's never changed them. He, the same strategy he used to tempt Adam and Eve in the garden is the same strategy used to tempt Jesus in the New Testament, and the same strategy he uses against us today. He's a deceiver, he's a destroyer, and he will do anything he can to undercut the truth. Satan is a liar, and he's, he's a murderer. And when you see lying and murdering going on rampantly like it is today, there's only one person behind it, and that's the enemy of our souls. Well, you know, Paul made it very clear in that first chapter of Romans when he talked about many people waiting for judgment. He says the wrath of God is already revealed against all ungodliness. Mm -hmm. In that when you know the truth, then you don't accept it and glorify mm -hmm. God, the God, the creator, the Father. But you begin to worship something created something other than God, and then you begin to change God's truth. You cast it aside and believe a lie. And you're given over to all of these, let's say what people would call addictive practices, compulsive behavior that even moves beyond nature's law, nature's God against nature. People burning in their lust one for the other, even opposite sex, same sex attraction, the things that you would never imagine. But then it moves on to talk about all the descriptions of wickedness and all those characteristics and indicating that you can't even determine right from wrong. So something is happening in this process that I believe is orchestrated by the powers of darkness and deception. And that's what you point out. And once you reach that place that a nation is deceived or people are deceived, then you see all the horrible practices and people do not resist them anymore. They actually give wholehearted approval to this out of control lifestyle and this despicable behavior that they try to justify when there is no justification. So that all is a process that the, the father of lies is orchestrating. And if we don't resist that in the spiritual realm, by putting on an armor of God, not to go fight people, but to quench the fiery darts of the enemy. The suggestions, is that what you see Christians not doing, suiting up to stand against these forces of evil that are coming at all of us in the they world? They don't even stop many times, James, to ask where, where does this come from? For instance, in the, in, the, in the New Testament, Jesus says, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. And then you go back to the book of Genesis, and it says, in Noah's day, 
the, the thoughts of every man's heart was always evil continually. Evil, yeah. Is that not an apt description of what's happened with pornography in our it's nation? With the whole nation's Yeah, say. and so, you know, this. I just read the statistics of pornography for last year. And when you read them, you don't even want to share them with anybody because you don't think anybody will believe them. They're so overwhelming. Evil has taken over in our culture and we don't know. And, and then everybody says, where did that come from? It came from Satan. Satan is the and, one behind it. we don't it. need to hate the people that are trapped by it. No. We need to help them get free from right. it. And you know, a lot of times people don't want to talk about what they're struggling with for fear somebody's going to put them down rather than help set them free. Mm -hmm. And that's what Jesus came to do is set any captive right. free. And we, we, need, need, to, we need to keep saying to one another, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. We don't have to bow down and, and be defeated over this. We just have to understand that God has called us uh, to submit ourselves to God and, 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 and Satan will flee from us and we're to wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. And, and this is a spiritual matter. This is a matter that's fought on our knees, a matter that's fought through prayer, putting on the whole armor of God. And uh, we just don't hear much about it. Well, you know? and I don't think we really, we come to a place in our society that we don't really recognize right or wrong. It's whatever mm. feels good, feels right. good. I, I can do it, you know, nothing's Betty, that's wrong. That's a very interesting thing because once you say that there's no creator God, you have nobody to report to. Yeah. And as soon as we decided that God is not the creator, but that we came into in existence through some kind of an explosion, then what is there to, there's nobody to report to. There's nobody who's, who's calling the shots, if you will. If you don't have a standard, as long as you and I know we're struggling with an issue, and by the way, one of the things Betty and I found in the spiritual warfare battle is that when you're willing to admit, I'm, 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 I've got a stronghold or I've got a battle or I'm losing mm -hmm. it. And you call someone in to agree with you in prayer and pray for you, deliverance is a, a reality. People mm -hmm. can be set free and, and we need each other. Don't you mm -hmm. think when a person's in a struggle, they should feel comfortable saying to another believer, I need your help. I've got a battle going on here and talk about it. Mm -hmm. Whether it is pornography or some other addiction or substance addiction, or they're just distracted all the time or they have a, a, a root of bitterness. Don't you think to come and confess your sins and your weaknesses and agree that oftentimes there's great strength against the enemy in that coming together Absolutely. to pray with and for there one is. another. You know, that, that whole passage on spiritual warfare ends with the all prayer, praying always with all prayer. I love that. You know, the, it's not, it's the only offensive weapon in the whole list. All the rest of them are defensive weapons to wow. keep things from happening to you. But you get to the end and it says, and praying always with mm -hmm. all prayer. Yeah. That's what God uses against the enemies. And it in really this, works. It yeah. does indeed. We've got to understand yeah. that. There's something I... else that happens when you do what you do and you're always punching holes in the darkness with the light of the gospel, you're asking for trouble. No question. And if you don't understand that Satan is after you and what he's up to, you just, you'd be, you're just a victim all the time. Well, the fury of the enemy is focused on the church and on the message and the witness that we've been left here to carry. He really does. I mean, he's already got the children that are his, the children mm -hmm. of the devil. He's their father, he's got them. So his agents and all of these spirits and beings of deception and distraction, they are for, uh, literally pouring out their wrath and their deception as much as possible on the church of the living God. And too often they seem to have their way in the lives of believers rather than the Holy Spirit. So the enemy's working. And I, and I tell you, when I decide, you know, I'm gonna move forward a lot of times, the enemy really starts firing. Oh, you so you need to be too. ready, you do. Oh yeah, I know it. You know, sometimes it's almost a test of uh, the, of the 
reality of what you're doing. Sometimes it, when you get the when you get the pushback, you think I must yep. be doing the right thing because the enemy's Absolutely. really upset with this. Yep. Yeah. If you don't have any resistance, you might question what you're right. heading out to do, and the church meets with furious resistance. All right, you you actually I think give people such clear answer. This is. Beautifully and, and, and written with such simplicity. All right, in this day, you've got this incredible best-selling book now that's out. Is this the end? All right, the, the apostles lived like it was the last days. In the light of all time, they were there in that period of time. I don't think we need to try to put a time frame on the last days. But there's no question for us in our life, you and I are older, Betty, we're all a little older, we're kind of in the last days of our life. But in the last days, the enemy will probably become more focused and more furious and I think demonstrate his vile nature more clearly to the world. Don't you think at the same time the church should be demonstrating more clearly the nature of Jesus than ever in history Absolutely. while the enemy is revealing his wickedness and how awful he is and we see these despicable things. That's the nature of the destroyer, the nature of the deceiver, the divider. And we ought to be showing people the spiritual unity. I, I've tried to be emphasizing to our viewers that if we have the perfect father, shouldn't his children's reveal the greatness of that father? Mm -hmm. And that would be in loving one another, resisting the enemy, and looking like a family that reflects the father. And a fatherless world, I believe, would mm -hmm. be drawn to it. And you know, there's so many people today, James, who see the emptiness of what they're living in, and they're looking for the truth, that they're looking for reality. And you know, the Bible says that they're not gonna know us by our words, they're not gonna know us by all the stuff that we do, they're gonna know us by our love. Yes. And and I remember reading- And our love for one another. Right. How about and, let's take that right. step. And Francis Schaeffer said we have, uh, they have every right to evaluate the church, not on our message, but on the way we function with one another. Do we love one another? If we don't, then the Bible says we're not living. Uh, the, the, and here's a time for us to do that. The darker the night, the brighter the yes, light. And yes. the church ought to be so distinctively different today because of the world in which we live. Unfortunately, if we're not careful, we allow the world to pull us into its vortex and we lose our distinctiveness. We ought to be praying that God will help us to really be, as you mentioned earlier, light and salt. And, and that's who we've been called to be in this nation. Well, you know, I feel like that, uh, you know, I'm in, in my 70s, and uh, I feel like I'm still yielded clay in my father's hand. Mm -hmm. And I want him to shape Christ in me. You know, you talked about seeing the fire in me sometimes. Sometimes it might not have come across with kindness. It might have been a little bit of anger. As I've gotten older, you know, I've said to you in our last encounters, which have been several over the last years, that I feel like you've become more of a statesman now. And it's not because of the white hair. Mm -hmm. It's not even because of your age. It's because of a man that's still in God's hand being shaped and being ready to speak the way we need someone to speak at this time. Like what's on the Father's heart comes from your lips. I've said to you that I feel like I keep watching the Lord being you know, shaped in you. And I want to ask you, am I making any progress as yielded clay? Do yes, you, you are. You know, you're, you're a lot more mellow than I used to remember you. <laughs> you know what? Here's, here's the deal. I think it was Chuck Swindoll I heard say this the first time, and I think he was quoting somebody 
that if God is going to greatly use a man, he's got to crush him first. Mm. And I used mm. to, I actually prayed sometimes, Lord, I want to be used greatly, but forget the crushing part. <laughs> yeah. I don't need, I don't need yeah. that. Yeah. But he doesn't ever violate that. You know, and, and you've been through some things. I've been through some things. I look back on them now and I realize that was God's preparing me uh, for, for these days. And uh, I, I, I feel the same way you do. I'm older than you are, but I believe that God has called us for such a time as this. And this is, I remember when, when he uh, brought me back from cancer, I, and people asked me, why are you still doing what you're doing? You should be retired or whatever. And I, I just tell them, when I was saved from a, uh, from a very serious bout with cancer, I realized God didn't let me stay alive on this earth to go sit on a beach. He let me stay alive so I could be uh, involved in what he's doing. And that's my whole heart. My wife, uh, once in a while, we have this discussion, as I'm sure you do, about retirement. <laughs> and I tell her, honey, I'm not going to retire. But every once in a while, let's just pretend we're retired. <laughs> and we go on a little trip or something. And go. we come back and go back to work. Well, and, I, I love you, sir. In this book, uh, I tell you what, uh, Spiritual Warfare Answer book and, and this book, right now, both in the bookstores, you can get them. And, and you know, right now, we're... We're, we're trying to feed a lot of hungry kids, 400,000 of them. That's a lot. Mm -hmm. But the missionaries show us, and they're desperate. Mm -hmm. And these missionaries say, don't leave us here empty-handed. They asked me to come back to the States years ago rather than stay on the mission field. They said, go back and get people to help us so we can stay here and do the work and not be empty-handed. And so we're doing it, and, and we're giving away Lisa Bevere's book uh, just to bless Christians. We give spiritual food to people. That's what we try to do. We bring in the guests that, that share and not only encourage the guests, but encourage our viewers. And then here's a children's illustrated Bible. It's absolutely, I wish I could just show you all the pictures in it. It's fabulous for your grandkids or your children. But I'm, I'm just going to pour out the food on you. Uh, if you will help us feed some kids, you can just have any of these you ask for. Because we got kids. I'm telling you, I want you to look at something. Now, let me tell you what this, 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 this is a awful this is one of the most awful things on the planet, and it has a name. It has a name. I want you to watch this. This is profound, and it is powerful. I am a mother's worst nightmare. I thrive on the pain of children. I do not discriminate, and I show no mercy. You look into the eyes of a child who's seriously malnourished and there's just nothing. It's like somebody just turned the light off. You won't see me coming, but you will soon hear me in your children's cries. My touch brings bloated stomachs, thinning hair that changes color painful skin disorders, and tiny bodies so thin and frail they appear as living skeletons. And to see this little helpless one with the skin literally peeling off his arms and his legs was such a horrifying sight. I am slow but sure. My name is malnutrition, and my legacy is death. I heard someone on the news one day make a comment about the devastating deaths of children in some countries in Africa, and yet the reporters suggested that perhaps the mothers there were more accustomed to that because it's very much part of their life. I've seen with my own eyes what I knew in my gut. No mother will ever become accustomed 
to burying a child. The thing that really has blown me away the most, all of this is reversible. I don't know. I think, uh, oh boy, when I look at that enemy, I feel I feel helpless sometimes. I think, God, we've been doing this a long time, and it works because love never fails. It really doesn't. It doesn't work on our time schedule and our frame, but it's uh, it's miraculous. And I I couldn't bear to look at that. And I know I know Sheila couldn't either. She wasn't able to point to the remedy. Um, those little bodies, uh, and I, I'll just tell you, I could spend my life doing nothing but just saving those little kids. But I, I'm called to minister to you and to bring people who minister to you and who can bless you because of spiritual malnourishment in so many people's lives and the need for hope and help, which is why we come every day. But it's why we also, in behalf of the missionaries and the heart of God and the heart of mothers and people who love, we come and say, would you please be the miracle? All that food that they saw being processed, Betty, our viewers paid for. The food factories, you built them. And you know, James, there's some diseases that we battle in life that we haven't been able to find a cure for. And it breaks our hearts, but that doesn't mean we don't give up. Well, this is a disease that has a cure, and it's simply offering food to these children, to the mothers to give to their children. Mothers never want to not to tell their child they can't provide for them, that they can't, when they hear the crying, the hurting of their, fam of their children, it breaks their hearts just like it would us. And so we have an opportunity here to be the cure for these children in these situations and to put a smile in the heart of the mother that's doing all that she can do, but she doesn't have the resources. So I hope you will help us. If you've ever said, Father, I'd sure like to have my prayer answered. Well, let's, let's find the joy of being an answer to prayer right now. A heart cry, a heartache. Uh, let's be an answer to malnutrition for literally hundreds of thousands of children. We got 400,000 of them located and organized where we can feed them. Who did it? Missionaries that you support. Volunteer workers that the missionaries oversee. And we're asking you right now to go to lifetoday.org or dial that number. And we're asking you to get your bank card or whatever way you can do it. If you want to get a check and write it and make the check to life, here's what we're asking you to do. Make the most love-filled, love gift you can make. Some of our friends have said they'll match what you give. They've given us a $400,000 matching gift challenge to match $400,000. That means what you give today will be doubled. Now look what, look what love does. 30, 50, $100, three, five, or 10 children fed for the next months. Three, five, or 10. You make that gift, it'll be doubled. Six, 10, 20. Uh, you give $1,000 and you're caring for 100 now, 200 kids. If you would help us feed a school, which once these kids get stabilized, we try to get them into school because we're giving them a future. We're not making them dependent. We're going to train them to be independent and to work for the future. 
We're going to teach them how to live. That's what the mission workers do. We're committed to them for helping them with their life and eternity. We point them to the love of God and to Christ. And you can sponsor a school for $1,400, and that'll be gift. That'll be double. The gift will double it, the matching gift. And so you got two schools. So there's a way you can come in. Father, I pray every person right now be moved by your spirit to give as you direct and do it joyfully in Jesus' name right now. Lifetoday.org, go online. Please do it now. I know you want to do it, but it's so easy to get distracted. So do it right now. I believe God's speaking to you. Lifetoday.org or dial that number where people are calling for prayer. You can call them in answer to prayer and use your bank card like a check. Make the best gift you can. It'll be doubled. If you do want to write a check, make it to life, but let us know what you're sending in, knowing that that will also be doubled. We have some gifts to send you to be a blessing in your spiritual life, and we're so glad to do that. Thank you so much for making the gift. Thank you for defeating the enemy of malnutrition, being the miracle many are longing for. In remote and impoverished villages of Africa, children are suffering, desperately in need of life-saving food, facing death by starvation. Life's Mission Feeding Program is there, ready now to feed and care for children in crisis areas of Angola, Mozambique, and Sudan. With all of our previous reserves gone and Angola facing a record food shortage due to crop failure, we need to immediately replenish our funding and supplies for our feeding programs. As an answered prayer, a group of Life's friends have set a $400,000 matching gift challenge for mission feeding. This means your gift today can have a double impact. $30 for three children will be double to help feed six children. $50 to help feed five children will be double to save 10 children. And $100 for 10 children will be double to help feed 20 children. And don't forget, your $1,400 gift to sponsor a school will now be double to feed children in two schools. With your gift of any amount, we'll send you Without Rival by author Lisa Bevere. With your double-impact gift of $100 or more, please request the complete illustrated children's Bible. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,000, which will now be double to help feed 200 children, and you may request our beautiful Majesty bronze sculpture. Please call, write, or make your gift online today. You know, Betty, you look at this long line, and boy, it goes all the way back to the big four-wheel drive truck. You started praying years ago that God would make the line to feed the children longer than the line to be fed. I think God's answered your prayer. He is, James, but at the same time, the line gets longer. And so we need to help our line to reach them continue to grow and you to re reach out more because I know you're blessed as you see these children being fed here. Let's don't let it stop. Let's keep soup in the barrel so they can come and line up and get fed. I don't think there's any question that you have done what God led you to do today. And I want you to understand as malnourished as those children are, people are oftentimes spiritually malnourished like that. God sees them poor, malnourished, emaciated. That's why we're sending you without rival. Why you're, we're sending you something for your children and grandchildren. This is why if you'd like to have Dr. Jeremiah's book, Is This the End? Spiritual Warfare. You just say, would you mind sending me that also? We're going to send that to say thank you and to help you grow spiritually. Join us and thanks again to Dr. Jeremiah. Thank you. Doc, we love you. Thank you. Shout him out in church. All you do, your sweet wife.
Love you. Thanks so much for being with us. Thanks for watching. Thanks for sharing love. Tomorrow on Life Today, best-selling author Max Lucado joins Sheila Walsh and explains why Christmas is such a special celebration of love and hope. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.